When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates North Park, Illinois. On the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield IMG College, this is the NM State Athletics Insider Podcast Series, your audio home for New Mexico State Athletics. Here's your host, Adam Young. New episode of Aggie Check-In. Adam Young with Aggie baseball alum and current Indians prospect, Daniel Johnson, who is kind enough to join us here today. DJ, thanks for doing this. How are you doing? I'm doing good, really good. We've talked to a lot of alums of the Yagi is currently in the minors and you're one of those guys we've talked about their routine and how they're staying ready for when baseball does come back what's your daily routine like right now DJ I'm only pretty active Monday through Friday um working out Monday and Thursdays and uh hitting Tuesday Wednesdays and Fridays so kind of stay pretty busy you know with this whole quarantine and everything that's going on but um that's my schedule as of now I'll probably result to hitting hitting every day once we uh kind of get closer and have an idea when we're going to start everything back up again are you having to get really creative DJ with your workout plans um actually no fortunately for me um my off-season facility is still open so we're able I'm able to go there and work out and also hit so I have somewhere to go Let's begin by flashing back to your Aggie days. And I want to go back to 2016 when you really burst onto the scene, when you were drafted fifth round uh, back then by the Nationals. 
What were your expectations, DJ, going into that 2016 season with the Aggies? Really, for me, I was kind of unfamiliar with the with the whole draft process, but I wanted to, you know, have a, the best year I could have, and you know, um, if it happened, get drafted. But you know, also to just have that turnaround season, you know, especially from what happened in 2015. Um, so the, the main important thing for me was, you know, trying to have a good season and win a bunch of games. I've heard stories about your pro day going into that 2016 season. I wasn't there, but Brian Green said it. A lot of your teammates then said it as well, that you really erupted during that pro day. And that's when scouts really started to notice what you could do and the tools that you had. Did you feel that way? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I kind of knew, um, after, you know, running the 60, um, and throw from the outfield, you know, they were pretty interested, you know, throwing over 100 miles an hour from the outfield. Um, is You don't see that often, not even in the big league level at that time or even currently now. So, you know, after that day, I knew I had, you know, put a good word in for myself. You were the first person in this current cycle that went early in the draft, and then it was Renneria, and then it was Bradish, and then Ortiz, and this year it'll be Nick Gonzalez. I've talked to all those guys about how they handled the attention from the scouts and from the outside looking in when they were in college. Was that hard to deal with playing during that 2016 season when you knew there were scouts always in the stands watching your every move? Um, it actually wasn't that hard, you know, for me because, like I said, I was so unfamiliar with the whole draft process. Um, I really didn't know what to expect. So, it, you know, that pressure was kind of taken off me because I didn't have my hopes up for, you know, something I didn't know about really or was unfamiliar with. So it kind of worked out in my favor. Did you have any idea, DJ, kind of going back to your previous point, where you would go in the draft that June? Because I remember, I believe it was the final road series in 2016. We're in Greeley, Colorado, pretty much the middle of nowhere, Colorado. And there's 40 or 50 scouts there to watch you play. Did you have any idea of where you could go draft-wise? Um, at first, I didn't. Um, it wasn't until we got to uh, replant GCU in Arizona. And I was just having a bunch of meetings, you know, at the hotel before and after the games because, you know, that's where all the area scouts, you know, usually are, if not in Florida. So um, I happened to ask one of the guys, uh, one of the area scouts, and he was like, um, well, they project you to go top five rounds. <laughs> and that's when I kind of knew it was kind of serious. Like, okay, oh, yeah, it's, I must be on the scene pretty good. And after that, I kind of knew that it was, you know, they kind of had their eye out for me for the rest of the season. You made the adjustment to Pro Bowl look really easy on paper, numbers-wise. How hard was it adjusting from the college level to the professional level? It wasn't a, too bad of a transition. You know, um, the players that, are, that have been drafted before you, they kind of, like, help you out a little bit, you know. Um, you know, at the lower level, the guys going from, you know, low A, high A to the big league. So when you get there, it's kind of more of like a college, like, team thing. It's like, you know, you want to just win games because you know nobody's going to the big leagues and, you know, nobody's really playing for themselves. I mean, you kind of are, but then – you're so early in the minor leagues that, you know, your main focus is just, like, developing, you know, win games. So it was that kind of environment of coming in to professional ball. So that transition uh, wasn't that bad. You were drafted by the Nationals, then traded to the Indians. And, DJ, you had a breakout year last year at AA and then AAA in the Indians organization. Did you feel like it was a breakout year last year for you? Yeah, I mean, I feel like, I just, I feel like my breakout year was really in 2017. Know, going from low A to high A, um, I felt like that was my, my most breakout year, you know, in terms of, you know, putting myself on the on the map in pro ball and, you know, and, you know, building that um, that value to other teams. I felt that that 2017 year was a, was a breakout year. I feel like last year, 2019, was 
just uh, I mean, it wasn't probably my best year that I've had in the minor leagues, but I feel like it was like one of those repeat years of 2017. There wasn't much of a difference last year when you went double A AA to triple A. In fact, your triple A numbers might have even been a little bit better. You combined right. to hit 19 home runs last year, 290 average. Were there any changes that you saw from double A AA to triple A pitching wise? Um, not really. I mean, it was kind of most of the same guys, you know, uh, obviously the guys in double A, you know, they, you know, kind of want to, you know, uh, show what they got. So, you know, they're trying to throw as hard as they can. Um, you know, some of them have a plus pitch. Triple uh, A is more of guys who are a little bit older, you know, have that big lead time. They're kind of going to try to, like, expose you a little bit. They know what they want to do. Um, but for me, that adjustment kind of made it a little bit easier, you know, because, you know, I'm, I'm a, a hitter who has a, a certain approach, you know, going into an at-bat. So, you know, I think that made it a little bit easier for me to, to transition from double A to high, to triple uh, A, I mean. I'm sure you knew where you stood within the organization, but going to the Futures game last July, DJ, was that a big step in your career, and did that solidify you as a top prospect, you feel like? Yeah, I would say, you know, I was a, I was a prospect before that, but, um, you know, I think going to that Futures game, you know, a lot of guys have went through there and, you know, went to the big league, so I think that's one of the stepping stones, you know, as far as making my, uh, my debut, so that was definitely a blessing for me and a good experience, and I think that ultimately helps me, you know, in the long run in terms of, you know, other teams uh, being valued by other teams, you know. Did it have a big league feel to it, that Futures game, and really the whole week as a whole? Was that as close as you felt to being in the big leagues? Yeah, you know, pretty much. I mean, you know, being in my own big league stadium, um, you know, having those fans there and that that, uh, that fan base and support, um, you know, I feel like that's as close as, you, you know, you'll pretty much get um, – you know, we were treated like big leaguers. Um, you know, the whole process leading up to the game was, you know, the same as a, um, a big league game. So I think, you know, that's almost picture perfect to a big league game. I'm curious, and I've talked to LJ Hatch about this previously. We had an interview with him last week, your former Aggie teammate, and he's been at pretty much every level in the minors. And I was asking LJ, DJ, about the jumps at each level and what he felt like the toughest jump was. What have you seen – level to level and what's been the biggest jump is it double a to triple a in your eyes no for me the biggest jump is high a to double a just because you know um low a and high the lower amount of leagues you know in a ball they kind of have guys you know who throw hard because they can't throw that secondary pitch for strikes you know they just have either a fastball or you know they try to make you chase it's like real, really there's no like no approach you know you get the double a and that's when you kind of start getting exposed a little bit you got guys who can throw the fastball by you, but also throw that curveball and change up for a strike for that second pitch. So, you know, your approach has to change, you know, to all, to compete at that level. So I think that's the biggest jump for, you know, young players especially. You're on the 40-man roster now for the Indians. How crucial was that and how excited were you when uh, you were added to that roster? I'm very excited. You know, that, you know, it doesn't seem like a lot, you know, when, when it happens because, you know, it's like no physical thing happening, but – in terms of opportunity, um, it opens it up a lot for you because instead of them having to make a roster change to bring you up or uh, to the big leagues, um, you know, being on that 40-man roster is just an easy transaction. You know, they can just bring you right up at any point when they want to. So that'll op- definitely open a lot of opportunity for me this year. So um, you should be seeing me up there this year whenever we do start. Yeah, this off season was big for you and this spring training was big for you, DJ. 
on the cusp of the big leagues. Uh, how did you feel like you performed in your abbreviated version of spring training this year? Um, you know, I, I feel like I did really good, actually. Um, I was kind of on the same track as, uh, you know, last year coming into my first camp. Um, you know, I had a little setback with the little uh, – a little ankle um, injury and everything like that. But, you know, once I was able to play, you know, I was, um, you know, getting right back to that same rhythm. I think I would end up doing better, you know, this time, this time around. Do you think about the day when you're going to make your major league debut? Does that cross your mind pretty often? Oh, yeah, it crosses all the time. You know, I try not to overthink it too much. You know, I just – but it's still a little bit anxious, you know, for it to happen. You know, just trying to play it out, thinking of how you're going to react, like just making up scenarios in your head. You know, it always – that always happens, but – you know, I'm just being patient. You know, it's just a timing thing. You know, when it comes, it'll come. Lastly, DJ, you saw this program really rise back in 2016 during your final season here. What did the Aggie program and the coaches then, Brian Green and his staff, what did they do for you? Um, they they did a lot. You know, it was more like a leadership role. You know, I, was, I wasn't I was the timid player, but, you know, um, with them, you know, they, they believed in me a lot more than I believed in myself. You know, they, they knew that I could reach, you know, higher goals and I wasn't even thinking about. They taught me really how to just play the game fearless, you know, and go out there and play as hard as you can and, you know, don't look back. And I feel like having that mentality really helped me in the pro ball because I keep the same mentality, you know, play fearless, but then you also have fun with it. And I think that's one, one mental tool that each player can benefit from whether they're good or not at the game or, you know, have some stuff they need to work on or not. I think just having that mental tool can make them a better player. DJ, good stuff. We appreciate uh, you taking the time out for us today. Continued success. Stay safe in Scottsdale. And we can't wait to watch you in the big leagues here very soon. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Hey, well.